podcast about whiskey for whiskey. Or maybe the other way around because we have been off for a while and I can't Are remember which way it's supposed to go. Are we still debate? It's, it's about whiskey for whiskey because it's as we covered in episode one, two, and three, it's for the little bottles of whiskey listening. Yeah, but I've slept since then. Literally, how do I remember this and you don't? You get at me, you're like, you never remember anything you learn, and yet you can't learn the slogan. I thought the slogan was, woo! No. Oh, okay. I, I thought that was the slogan, guys. Okay, well, you can be wrong, but I'm not here for it, if I'm honest. <clears throat> well, anyway, like I say, it's been a while, and I apologize. Uh, a lot of things happened. My co-host is now part robot. Bit personal. You are. No, I'm all robot. Part <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I prefer to think of it as I'm part human. <laughs> all robot, part awesome, all the time. The other part is also awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, da, 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 I'm Jordan, and with me today, back in action, is my co host and brother, Luke. We haven't had a genetics test, so we don't actually know that. Huh. Did you hear that? You do need a genetics test no. for um, co hosting. Your chair is clicking. No, it's not that. Oh, is it who asked? I'm Jordan, and with me today is my co-host and brother, Luke. I'm Jordan, and with me is my co-host and brother, Luke. Silence is cold. <laughs> but my eyes... But now I can still hear that noise. You were the only one that can. The, oh, the clicking it's not is the, your I chair. I promise you. It's... <laughs> if you're hearing voices, that's more worrying. It's coming from down there. Oh, I know where it is. Just a minute. Let me open this box. Actually, I'm leaving. <laughs> I am. I'm genu. I am genuine. I'm genuinely leaving. This <laughs> is coming from this box. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today we celebrate our Independence Day because it's Cascades Independence Day episode. Everybody. Yeah, just break up. I wondered, I wondered why you were hiding your phone from me. Knowing full well I will not remember anything I read. Because we are celebrating Independence Day. The film where Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith save the world from aliens. I physically saw every millennial recoil in horror. It happened to also take place over the American Independence Day holiday. And a few days beforehand. I genuinely, shockingly, as no one will believe, I've actually watched that film. I know you have. And you love it. I love the Jeff Goldblum bit when he's on the bike in the office. It's personally great for me. And my goals. <laughs> but yeah, we're not just going to be talking about Independence Day the movie, although I'm sure we'll manage to get a few I references gen- in. I genuinely could not, having watched it once. The only thing I remember is literally Jeff Goldblum on the bike. And then what David. Jeff Gold- I was going to say, you've got to remember what Jeff Goldblum's character's called. It's David. That's, that's, literally, that's literally it. Or around Jeff Goldblum's dad in it. Well, yeah, he's the one that says David. No. The one that says David is the guy that Jeff Goldblum works for. Okay, then I don't remember his dad now. Oh, I think you have to watch it. I'm not doing you, that. You have to rewatch it if you can't remember. I've actually just said I'm not doing that. I thought we were going to talk about this and not Independence Day. Okay. So, yeah, it's Independence Day episode. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, we were scheduled for a different episode, and that will be next time. However, Wait. this one actually accidentally coincides with that one. Why are we doing Independence Day? Because by the time this airs, it will be July the 4th. It's the end of June right now. We don't celebrate Independence Day. But we do celebrate the movie Independence Day. So yes, all goofs aside, we're talking about American whiskey. We haven't talked about it for a while, so I'll just go through a quick recap. Do you remember any of the rules of American whiskey? Rye. Rye Miss American Pie. But we can't um, do any more because okay, of the trademarks. Thing, things I know about American whiskey. Um, metal. 
metal houses. Don't throw stones in metal houses. Uh, Where is this going? I'm, I'm curious. I'm sure in the Channing Tatum film where he's in the floorboards. Oh my... That was... The, what? When he's in the floorboards? No, that's no, that's the, the other one. one. I want about the other Channing Tatum one. Like, maybe Kingsman Golden Circle. Yeah, that's Kingsman, a whiskey distillery. That's Kingsman Golden Circle, yeah. So that's a whiskey distillery, I think, maybe, possibly. Part of it is. And then also... You know that's fiction and Shut not up, fact. Jordan. This isn't about you. And then Matthew McConaughey at the start of The Gentleman is drinking whiskey. No, he's not. He's drinking beer. Looks like he's drinking beer at the start. Then. He has a whiskey. Wild turkey. <laughs> he's cramming words in. Okay. Do you remember what the rules are for bourbon? 80% rye. No. 50% whiskey. No. Has to be American. Does have to be American. Well done. The mash bill has to be fifty-one percent corn at least. We can put more corn in, but it has to be at least fifty-one percent corn. You Does it have to be fifty-one percent corn, or do you want to say that important. a few more times? They I'm can use remember. other grains as well, but at least fifty-one percent corn. Yeah, it has to be fifty-one percent corn. If you say that number one more time, brand new American oak casks as well. Can't have held anything before. Virgin oak. I'm going to okay. scream at the way you say these facts. Rye whiskey. Can you guess the ratios for that? Fifty-one percent corn. No. It's rye. 51% rye. You were so close. I think you might get it. I hate my life. <laughs> uh, and then you also have corn whiskey, whereas 80% corn. Um, they also do single malts in America as well. And we'd have actually been reviewing one of those if I still had any left to taste. So you drank too much whiskey? No, it's just that this episode I've been waiting so a long time to whiskey. go back to it. Okay. Seems like a you problem. Seems like a you problem. It's crazy. It's not my fault the calendar worked out this way this year. I don't actually believe in calendars. And we're going to be talking about the Heaven Hill Distillery. We've already talked about the Heaven Hill Distillery. No, we haven't. You've definitely mentioned it before. I might have mentioned it in passing, but we're talking about There is a whole episode titled Heaven Hill Distillery. No, there isn't. (laughs) We've done Blantons, which is Blantabulous. I said this is going to be soon. And we did Cesarac. So we're talking about Heaven Hill Distillery, which we have not done. Heaven Hill is in Kentucky. Is it on a hill? Interestingly, do you know the origin of the name? We were going to get to that later on, but there I'll tell is you no now. interestingly. It's a yes, no answer. You're that person yeah. that goes on a spiel. No, I don't, I don't care anymore. Heaven Hill Distillery is because the founder was called his surname was Heaven Hill, but it was all one word. And apparently, there was a typo, and they put a space in between the two, and it would have cost him ten dollars to uh, change the name back to how it should be spelled. And he said, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." So it's now spelled Heaven and Hill, two words, but it should have been one word. Heaven Hill is apparently, at the time of me doing my research, which was this morning, so quite up to date, the largest independent family-owned bourbon distillery, with them producing 1,300 barrels a day. Which, I have to say, is quite a few barrels, I have to admit. About 1,300, I would say. I like how, you know, no more, no less than 1,300. Well, it it's would a very be specific quote. The thing is, right... If it you... could be like, hey, we've got one left, let's just show it through the line today. No. I was like, no, Jim, you leave that for tomorrow. It's kind of like, well, we've done, we've done it. Why do more? You know, <laughs> we've done it. Why do more? The millennial slogan. <laughs> They're like minimum wage, minimum effort. <laughs> uh, the original distillery actually sat roughly forty-five minutes away from the new one, and I want to know at what speed are we doing this forty-five minute travel? Because forty-five minutes is not a measurement of distance. I want them to change that on their website. It really annoyed me when I saw that. Maybe... 45 minutes as the person flies? I don't know. Maybe it's 45 minutes in a teleportation, in which case that would then be... That would be a very slow, painful teleportation experience. No, however... No, you get dismantled, and then it takes 45 minutes before you get remantled. The thing is... Oh, so you just feel everything slowly coming back together. No, 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 no. Instant dismantling. Yeah. Void. Yeah. Instant remantling. 
So why does it take 45 minutes? No one knows. They Offering? just, they picked a... You know what it was? It was those unskippable ads. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be sucky <laughs> yes. if time travel existed, but you had to sit through ads? <laughs> I'm literally traveling through time. How can't I skip these ads? That is, so, that, no, that's too real, honestly. Uh, the, the original distillery sat roughly 45 minutes away, we said that bit, uh, sorry, from the new one, and was co-founded in 1935 by the Shapira brothers. S-H-A-P-I-R-A. So I'm not sure if it's going to be Shepherd. You don't say the I, but I'm going to say Shapira because that sounds that. way better. Shapira. Shepherd. Shepherd. None of the vowels except for the last A. Shepherd. Shepherd. <laughs> Apparently, there were five brothers, and they built their fortunes as department store retailers. If there were five brothers, how many brothers does each brother have? Four. <gasps> I'm some kind of mathematician Uh, yeah so apparently the five brothers had built their fortunes as department store retailers and were approached by a group of investors um, who said that if they contributed $17,500 which must have been a lot of money in the 30s um, the investors would kind of like match the uh, match the amount and they would run the distillery themselves so it was literally just they wanted the brothers for the cash flow effectively Um, money bags yeah right Unfortunately, due to the necessary weight in the production of uh, whiskey before you can sell it and the delay, therefore, in the income, the investors actually ended up asking the brothers to buy them out for 20000 in 1937, just a few years later. So, by my calculation, they made $2,500 roughly in a couple of years for doing nothing. But hey. It's not great. (laughs) Who am I to reason why? Look, back then, I don't know what £2,000 was back then, because money was crazy back then. Um, with the ever-watchful help and knowledge from Joe and Harry Beam, they safeguarded the distillery and ensure high quality of standards. Heaven Hill was um, therefore kind of guaranteed a great future in Kentucky. In fact, the later Earl Beam would join the distillery as master distiller and continue to work there for 29 years. Now, if the name Beam is ringing some bells, as I'm sure it is for Luke. It sounds like Bean. Beam, B-E-A-M. I know what you're saying. I said it sounds like Beam. Well, it, it isn't that was the case. It's um, as in the same family who owned Jim Beam, possibly one of the biggest distillery I companies in America. I have never heard of that. How would that... But really? Morrison, Beaumont, Beam, Suntory, who we've talked about? I know. Jim Beam, that I know we've talked we about. We have actually... No, there is, not, there is not a chance we've talked about any of that. They're kind of a big deal. I would remember someone called Jonathan Bowson de Ballard... Morrison, Beaumont, Beam, Suntory is a conglomerate of business. I would remember anyone with Suntory in their name because... Centauri, as in Roman. It's Suntory, S-U-N-T-O-R-Y. It's Japanese, not Roman. But way to show that cultural knowledge of yours. I thought you were saying Suntory. Century. It's not my fault, I can't understand your accent. Yeah, apparently under... (laughs) It's exactly the same accent. It's actually not. Apparently, under the guidance of Earl Beam, uh, Heaven Hill actually became Kentucky's number one selling bourbon, which is actually a big deal when you think of who the competitors would have been in the 30s and stuff. Um, Yeah, in response to this, the distillery actually had to grow to meet demand, as many distilleries do. And after Earl Beam retired, the job was passed to his son, Parker, who created several important brands in bourbon today, including the Elijah Craig and several of the even Williams special releases. Unfortunately, in 1996, a storm hit the area and smoke was seen coming from Warehouse One. <gasps> the cask whisperer was Well, this there. is the thing. No one actually knows what happened. I told you, I told you he was cemented in history. The prevailing theory is that lightning struck the building in the storm. However, no one witnessed it and because of the destruction, which we will soon find out about, there was no evidence to prove it, which kind of proves, if anything... 
that it was probably the Cask Whisperer when you think about it. As, uh, right. But why would the Cask Whisperer be burning down the buildings? Are we no, sure it's not I the, uh, the Stillman? If you shut up, I literally have an explanation for this. Okay, brace stated, myself. As I have stated many, many times before, when the Cask Whisperer enters a scene, a crack of lightning happens. <laughs> I have, oh, all those times I've edited it out, of course, yeah. If you go through it, no, I have definitely said that. I'd be like, thunder roll, lightning, flashes in the dark. That is literally about half my Cask Whisperer starts. So, clearly, the Cask Whisperer enters the scene just about to like mosey on down check things out this is before he had a little quarter cast this was before that this was a young cast whisperer a young maybe only 800 200 800 to 3000 800 200 that makes a thousand but okay anyway uh so it was a young cast because the cast was a mortal, obviously. So obviously the cast wasn't aware that the lightning followed him because he just thought it was a weird coincidence. Oh, he's like, why is it always stormy? Yeah, exactly. And he stands, you know, he stands and someone spots him. And like, as he puts one boot down, the lightning cracks and flashes and it strikes the barn and the cast was well, it's like... A, it's a warehouse. No, it barn. strikes the warehouse and the cast whisperer is like, am I <laughs> the problem? Am I the lightning? And, uh, and yeah. then that song Cask Whisperer Lightning came about. Yeah. That makes total and complete sense. I will talk to Heaven Hills historians and get them to amend this. We it, have it, solved no. the problem. It is established in Cask Whisperer law. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, this is kind of a big deal because, um, as I was saying, smoke was seen coming from Warehouse 1. Um, fortunately, the area was immediately evacuated, but unfortunately, the damage to the building was done. And pretty soon, flaming whiskey was running down the hill, across the highway, and towards the distillery. The highwayman. Flames also spread to nearby warehouses. They were blown by the high winds of the storm, and also the fire department were quickly called. And although they arrived fairly fast, there was actually nothing they could do for the inferno. It was that bad. Uh, instead, they just decided to focus their attention on dousing the surviving warehouses to prevent further spread. Uh, soon, sure enough, more of the Rick warehouses went up in Wick. Rick, by the way, is a special type of warehousing in America where they're very, very big, huge, huge warehouses, uh, and they're stored in ricks. Not to be confused with Rick. More of the uh, Rick warehouses went up in flames, adding to the flow of burning spirits, and the river of flaming whiskey apparently actually melted the road. Well, yeah, but back then, like, roads were made of, like, grass. No, nah, it was asphalt. Tarmac to us. That's what asphalt is? Asphalt is American tarmac name. Did they call it asphalt? It's not asphalt. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I crashed my car and I've dented your asphalt. No, do they call it asphalt or do they call it asphalt? That's asphalt. So they call it asphalt. It's not asphalt. I don't know, I don't know, I genuinely don't know how it's pronounced it's in American. It's asphalt. It's not ass. It's ass. As. Asphalt. It's asphalt. No. So it's asphalt. It's not asphalt. This isn't some kind of problem with your butt. <laughs> no, but they named the floor asphalt. They may name the material asphalt, not the floor. Okay, sorry. They named the material asphalt. No, they named it asphalt. Asphalt. I swear we have this conversation so many times with so many things. We're saying the exact same word. Uh, and moving on. Um, so, yeah, a fair, a fair serious heat came from there. Um... By the evening, the distillery and seven of the Rick warehouses were destroyed, but fortunately, no one was killed or injured. So, you know, some serious, serious damage happened, but no fatalities, which is a blessing. Um, they lost 92,000 barrels in one evening to fire. Um, well, they mean 1,300 a day, so that's quite a lot. 92,000 barrels is a phenomenal amount to lose overnight. Can you imagine that kind of, like, hit to your business? Bit of a bender, really, isn't it? Fortunately, however, this was only around 15% of their total stocks, so you can 
can imagine just how big this warehouse system yeah, is. Yeah, probably about, have. you know, mathematically, you very could easily figure that out. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying. If 92,000 barrels of their whiskey was only 15%, though, they had a phenomenal amount even back then. The distillery, fortunately, was able to continue bottling because they were able to open the bottling hall the very next day. That was undamaged. And they continued to sell their matured whiskey after the fire, keeping them going, um, until 1999, where they purchased the Bernheim distillery, which is the one they use today. Uh, which is apparently 45 minutes away by some form of travel, um, which they purchased from United Distillers. Due to the increase in demand shortly after, in the bourbon boom of the early 2000s, the distillery was once again thriving. There was a bourbon boom? Oh, yeah, there was a big bourbon boom. Oh, um, by 2016, demand for the production led to the construction of several new rick houses, capable of storing 56,000 barrels each. Is this the fire episode? No. The fire episode is the next one. I said this jumped the gun. But this ties in. Yeah, I know. And I did say at the start of the episode, this jumped over the last one, but it does tie in. I would say this is going to be a series of unfortunate events. You know, because there's all the firefighters and stuff. So, fortunately, because of the bourbon boom and the fact that they actually had a new distillery set up just in time, where they'd recreated the Heaven Hill style very well, might I add, they were really well poised to kind of seize on this and they recovered very well from this big, big hit to the business. And like I say, 56,000 barrels to each rickhouse just gives you an idea for the sheer scale of these things. Uh, they really are monstrous buildings. Heaven Hill does a wide range of whiskies, including Larceny, Old Fitzgerald. Uh, just let me get through the list. Heaven Hill, Evan Williams, Mellow Corn, which is a corn whiskey, and a few more, including Rittenhouse Rye, which is what we're talking about. Now, what were you going to say? Isn't Larceny a crime? Yes. That is why that whiskey's called Larceny. Huh. Fitzgerald, like it. I knew you'd go into an Old Fitzgerald. Uh, the other ones don't care about. You'll probably care about Rittenhouse Rye because that's the one that we're talking about today. No, it's great. I care more about the Fitzgerald one than the last new one. I'm curious about the last new backstory, if I'm honest. Another time I'll tell you the last new backstory. I'll just Google it. I won't, but... <laughs> the commitment from you there. It was a, that was a roller coaster of commitment. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to, let's be honest. I was like, I can't. I mean, we're talking peaks and troughs in seconds. <laughs> yeah, but that's what they call me. <laughs> peaks and troughs in seconds. Yeah. <laughs> The old, old peaks and troughs in seconds, Luke, you know. <laughs> Good old reliable peaks and troughs in seconds. <laughs> Rittenhouse Rye is named after Philadelphia's Rittenhouse Square, apparently, and is a style of rye once distilled in the region. Now, this is important because further up north where you've got Pennsylvania as opposed to Kentucky, there was a very different kind of style of distilling going on, and it actually stems a lot more back to the... Um, more of the Dutch kind of settlers and the Germanic kind of side where they brought rye across and so when Kentucky was going and they got a lot more corn going on very very contrasting styles sorry Pennsylvania and Kentucky isn't Pennsylvania like New York Pennsylvania is nearer New York than Kentucky isn't Kentucky Texas no Kentucky's Kentucky Texas is Texas Kentucky now important things to note with Rittenhouse rye it is bottled in bond do you remember what bottled in bond means I've heard it before we talked about it with our last American episode. I don't want to go over it there, it's thing. <laughs> Bottled in Bond. <laughs> I know the answer, I'm just making sure you know it. <laughs> Please don't make me do five facts today because I've not. Bottled in Bond is meaning it must be at least four years old, matured in bonded warehouses controlled by the government, and to be no less than 100 proof. It was designed to be a stamp of quality for the uh, US consumers after a series of really poor quality and frankly dangerous whiskey was available on the markets. And it was this reassurance and this kind of higher grade whiskey that was available to proof. And it still today is known as a higher quality and greater whiskey. So there you go. What do you smell? Don't you dare say sherry. Don't you dare. 
Don't you dare. Sherry? Um, alcoholic air. Alcoholic air. You heard it here, folks. Alcoholic air. And what does alcoholic sm- air smell like? It smells like this. Don't get yourself into that one, to be honest, actually. Um... It just smells like alcohol. It just smells like whiskey. It just smells like whiskey. It just smells like whiskey. I'm begging you to learn, like, more than... Poss- just... Possibly undertones of sherry. But at this point, I think I need to smell sherry to remind myself what it smells like. That smells of... La- that, that is not as smelly. Please decide on the colour. Amber? Would that be a dinosaur in there, do you think? Mm, no, I don't see a mosquito. But could you see... Could you imagine a mosquito in that colour? I'd say that's Amber. Mm, it's close to amber, but I don't think it's quite there. Baby dinosaur. If someone was to market that as gold to me, I'd be losing my mind, is what I'm saying. What, silver instead? Really nice kind of buttery, vanilla-y, spices. I'm getting cloves, cardamom. The lies you come up with. What? There are these, these things I think of when I smell I this. don't believe you've ever had a piece of cardamom or a clove in your life. Of course I have. I steal yours. Really nice. It's got this lovely kind of warming quality to it. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking 100 proofs, like, what, 50... 50% ABV, bang on. So a lot of cask influence comes through, and it really has that great spice to it, and that's why I love it. Yes. If you chop the bottle in half, you're 25. Sorry? If you chop the bottle in half, you're at 25%. Oh, my God. No, that's not how it works. Oh dear, yeah, lots and lots of that spice comes through. Like I said, I really like rye whiskey in kind of like the autumn time and winter, but I do enjoy American whiskey in summer, and that's why I wanted to go with this one because it's the only American whiskey I had open that we haven't also reviewed yet, which was a deciding factor. I won't lie, although I would like to go back to Blenton's. No, we can't. We can't. We're not revisiting. Blenton's. We're not doing that. We're not doing a rewind episode. I'm not. Right. Five facts. 51% corn, 51% rye. Makes what? Sun tree. Sun... Sun, sun tree? Sun, t- sun century. Centauri. Asphalt. <laughs> it's asphalt, not asphalt. I'm, we are saying... There is no difference. Uh, ricks? Ricks. Ricks are what? Big. Big build. Big building. 1,300 a day. 1,300 what? Whiskey. Okay. But uh, barrels. Well done, one thousand three hundred barrels. That's one complete that, one I'm so far. I'm on like eight facts now. No, because you haven't. That's the first one you've actually completed. Instead of just blurting out random words in any old sentence structure. It's how it's like brainstorming as you witness it. <laughs> one thousand three hundred barrels. What was the one I said before that? Ricks. Ricks. Big buildings that do what? Hold whiskey. Okay, I'll let you have that one. They're warehouses. Um, fifty-one percent corn for American whiskey. Bourbon. Well Bourbon. done. 51% rye for rye whiskey. Well done. That's four. Centu- century. No. Centauri. No. Asphalt is the ground. <laughs> it's, it's not the tarmac. ground. It's tarmac. Asphalt is tarmac. I don't think we can have a run. Lightning stroke. Lightning stroke. And it burned everything down and it melted asphalt. Okay, there we go. Oh, it's, it's that frantic, like, light bulb moment. I can see it behind your eyes every time and I never get tired of it. It's amazing. Oh, that's well done. What, that's what thoughts look like. <laughs> no, they're not. Not for everyone else. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I'll sign out. Well, this has been Cast Cash. Thank you for listening. I've been Luke. This has been Jordan. 
If you liked what you heard, please rate, comment, and subscribe to whichever podcasting platform you listen to. It really does help us, and more importantly, it may lead others to discovering and listening into this show. Yeah, I'd also like to thank Adrian and Allison of the We Drivers Shopper. They have a website. It's wedram.co.uk. And as always, we'll leave you with this one editing goof. Goodbye. Bye. That actually wasn't quite bad. one of the cleanest takes I've ever done. That says something. That's right. The movie where Jeff Goldblum and William... Chapman? No. Jeff Goldblum and... Defoe? Will Prince. No, Will, Will Smith? Fresh Prince, Will Smith. The film where Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith save the world from aliens. I and physically saw every millennial recoil in horror. Hello, so this is Jordan just out of the podcast. Um, I wanted to say I'm so sorry for the delay. Like I said earlier, a lot of things just happened, but we are back to normal in theory, which means we should be on two weekly. And I say should be because we're going to be on two weekly. I, we are going to do it. We will be better at this. And that's a thing. So the next episode will be dropping two weeks from now, which makes it... Uh, just a minute, this is Saturday the 2nd of July. I'm about to upload it. And... Professionalism. Wow, the 16th. We will be uploading the next episode on the 16th of July. It's halfway through July. That's crazy. Time's weird.